All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Time Radio Podcast, episode 81 of the Hordes of Chaos. A lot of great stuff lined up for this episode. Cool, Some cool topics to get to. Uh, I've got some new stuff from... What do we got here? Valvera, uh, New Foscore, uh, Zero Nun, Nuno Lorenko's uh, project. I'll be getting to that a little bit later on. Um... Mortuary, some stuff from like uh, Xenocorp, Grand Sounds, One-Eyed, Inverse Records, uh, a lot of stuff from the labels and promotional sites to bring to you. New cores from Grand Sounds provided by them. Much appreciated. I'm going to talk a lot about that band as well later on. New stuff. I just got this uh, latest release by Pig Destroyer on vinyl. Uh, very cool record. Uh, had a chance to check it out recently and uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Obviously, if you didn't catch it a few episodes back, Neko and I interviewed Blake and Travis from Pig Destroyer. I've uh, been friends with Blake for a while. Very cool guy, very humble. Uh, always eager to sit down and shoot the shit with us, uh, even when we're out just checking out bands and even them or whoever. And, uh, you know, always just shooting the shit with them, drinking some beers, whatnot. Very cool guy. I uh, just I love him to death. We're going to kick it off the, this first block. Uh, I also got some new Napalm Death, which I'll get to after it's played. Some classic Terrorizer in there. But we're going to get off some Pig Destroyer, new stuff from their record, just released. It's called The Cavalry, and here we go. Thank you. 
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Whoops, sorry about all that. Uh, Napalm Death closing out that section there. Uh, coming from the album, new album, Throws of Joys on Jaws of Defeatism. Uh, I talked about it in episode 79 that uh, this Napalm Death record wasn't as strong to me as, say, Apex Predator or um, Time Waits for No Slave, but uh, still a solid 8 out of 10. Now, that track is one of the tracks I really liked a lot and the reason for that is in principle and in construction it reminds me a little bit of Contemptuous from Utopia Banished or Lifeless Alarm from uh, Inside the uh, Torn Apart so Napalm Death always kind of has like these little I I don't want to say ballads but in a way it kind of is their version of a ballad um but they have a new video for that, and I didn't expect that part of it, um, which is kind of cool. But I saw Hal Sinden from Talanis posted the other day, and uh, we talked a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about it is, and I don't think it was intentional, is that it only really features Barney himself as far as the member, but it has all this other shit going on. Uh, as far as this cartoon-esque looking backdrop where... You've got people probably more. It could be, I don't know exactly what, if he's looking at America or the UK, because he's you know, obviously they're from the United Kingdom, but you know, you've got people on a beach and they're suntanning, uh, playing in the sand, they're doing selfies. And all in the meantime, in the background of that, out in the water, you've got basically what you have is refugees that are like you know drowning and not making it they're trying to make a better life for themselves by getting away from the horrors that they're dealing with in their own countries so the message there is pretty clear you know you know you've got people suffering and some people you know we are just kind of like going about our daily lives uh enjoying which you know as much as i love napalm death i love barney i've met him many times with neko we're big fans of the band. Like they're probably one of our top five bands ever. Uh, I've been a big fan of them for a very, very long time. Politically, I'm not always in tune with them. This is the same issue I run with a lot of the left, left-sided uh, friends that I have and bands and whatnot because I don't think it's quite as black and white as some people try to portray things. I think immigration. And refugee asylum is one of those things that isn't clear-cut one way or the other. Yes, you want to be able to do more for people like that. 
Uh, but it isn't like you can just open up everything and take all these people in without having some sort of destructive uh, thing happening to your uh, econ economy and the basis of capitalism. And I know people hate capitalism to a degree. But the structure is there. And if you're not careful with stuff like that, with immigration and all that, it could lead to other bigger problems. So, and socialism is a big part of that. And I know it's a, the bad word among a lot of people, but that's the truth. Uh, if you're not careful with how you deal with immigration and taking in illegals and refugees and all that, uh, you end up with Venezuela. And that's not what you want at all. Like, that's just bad news. But I don't want to get too much into the political aspect of that because I, 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 no one really cares about my opinion on it. Um, I respect Barney and the band and everything they're trying to achieve with their own views and whatnot. So the video itself is very enlightening. It's very good. It certainly touches on an important topic in general. So uh, I like that a lot. I know one of the things that uh, reading off of uh, noise, newnoisemagazine.com, they talk a little bit about the video. Uh, Barney was talking about how doing the vocals for the uh, song that you know the scope of gravity and density just demanded a vocal that was a baritone and anguish as I could push out of myself and I, I, I that is the interesting thing about that particular song because Barney not used to doing a lot of clean vocals I think it's usually Shane that usually does a lot of that but apparently they had some of these more industrialized sound bites and drum beats that they used in this song that they had kind of laying around and they put together and created that tune which i really love it's really really great and i think Barney did a great job with the vocals on there um speaking of natron napalm death though uh there's another project out there getting ready to call, uh, come out from Longtime Napalm Death member Mitch Harris, who hadn't been with the band for a while because he took some time off in 2014 to focus on his family. And of course with COVID, I'm sure that adds to him not really being involved as much as he is. But he has a new project. Now, I don't know if him doing this new project is just because it's more local and he doesn't have to tour for it. Because it's just him and drummer Dirk uh, Verberen from Megadeth. Uh, so it's just them doing this project called uh, Brave the Cold. And, uh, yeah, so when I, I'm going to give you a sound clip here in a minute. And they're going to be doing this uh, record called Scarcity, Scarcity, excuse me, um, 11 tracks. Now, when I listen to this particular clip, it reminds me a lot of Napalm Death. You hear a lot of it in there. So I'm not sure, like, how much of this is going to be exactly like name palm death when it comes to like when the album's released um I, I always like when members can do other projects but if you're doing something that's sort of like basically what you're already doing it doesn't make a lot of sense to me so whatever happens with this new project that mitch is doing i'm hoping that there's some other versatility and other types of things going on because you don't really want to duplicate what you were already doing with napalm death the sound clip you're going to hear kind of sounds a lot like Napalm Death. I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's very good. Uh, but it does remind me a lot of Napalm Death. So it's all in the same vein. And I'm, I'm not sure what this particular track is called. I don't think they ever really say. It's just but the band is called uh, Brave the Cold. So here's a little taste of that.
So yeah, that's Brave the Cold there from Mitch Harris and Dirk from uh, Megadeth. Be sure to check that out. Scar City, I'm not sure when the release date is, but it's probably coming up soon. 11 tracks. We'll figure it out when it gets released. But it sounds pretty decent. Uh, the other thing I want to get to in this bit, uh, Dune. The new Dune trailer came out. I talked about a while back how I really liked the TV one that was done back in the 80s. And even that one back then had a lot of mega stars in it. Maybe not at the time because, you know, you had guys like Patrick Stewart who had done stuff like Excalibur and stuff like that in the movies. But, you know, when he did Dune, mid-84, 85, somewhere in there, uh, he hadn't even done the Star Trek stuff yet. So that just shows you. And there was like a lot of, you know, Sean Young was in that. Sting from the police had a role. Uh, just a lot of big names in that. Uh, but the new movie coming out uh, actually has a lot of big names too. So they're kind of like stick, sticking with a formula here. Now, their main lead, Paul Atreides, I can't remember if that's how you pronounce the name, so I apologize ahead of time. But it's portrayed by Timothy Charmelet. And the only work I really know from him before that was from Little Women, the remake with Emma Watson that Neko and I caught. Uh, he seems like a decent enough actor. When I watch the trailer, I'm just, I'm just not really sure if I'm feeling his type of acting. But you know, I, I don't want to like dismiss him before I even see the movie. Uh, but other actors in this, you've got Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, which I'm really happy about. I, I'm actually just really happy because Dave is able to pull off a lot of these other movies, like. Kind of like, you know, The Rock still does a lot of the action stuff. And I know Dave does too. Uh, but Dave tries, you know, he's doing some of these other roles. And this role in this one, I don't think it's really so much action. But, you know, Dave was in um, Blade Runner 2049 for a short bit. And, you know, I, I like that he's making his way into a lot of these mainstream films that you just wouldn't really expect. I, I guess... It's almost become a normal now because of what Dwayne The Rock Johnson have been able to do. Uh, John Cena's start. He's going to be, I think he's in the Suicide Squad coming up. So he's got a role in just some of his more mainstream stuff. So maybe just in general, some of these guys are becoming like much better at acting than when they were doing their wrestling stuff. Which, you know, requires good acting, but it's a whole different level to me when you get to the films. Because not every guy or gal that comes from the wrestling format are able to cut it at the main level you know they've tried and not all of them succeed um rock johnson is probably one of the better ones to do that um i don't think hogan was ever really able to go beyond a certain point uh when it comes to going from wrestling to mainstream films uh but uh let's see you also got zendaya uh, Jason Momoa and Javier Bardem. So they're, 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 those are just a few of the names that are in there. Um, it's going to be... If you go on uh, Wikipedia, they give like a breakdown of each character of what they're portraying. So uh, I'm kind of really excited. The trailer was really good. Obviously, it was kind of funny. I was watching it and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, where's the sandworm? Where's the sandworm? I know it's there. And then thinking about it's going to be at the end because it's like the... It's like the money shot almost, you know, you're waiting and waiting and they're going through all this stuff and of course, boom, there's Sandworm. Uh, so I'm really excited for this. Um, 
I, I don't know why necessarily back in the 80s it was re expected to be a TV movie over like a movie itself. I don't know if that was just original plan or if it was about financial stuff. The, the cool thing is with this movie, hopefully they don't try to shortcut this movie. It doesn't have to be like four hours long or anything, but make sure it has substance to go along with what you got going on. Don't make it like I, I forget what it was. I was, I was looking at movies last night. Oh, no, yeah, it was uh, James Bond, Quantum of Solace. And I was just, I didn't watch the movie because I'd seen it once and didn't like it. But then I was looking at the time for the movie, and it was like an hour and 40 minutes. And I'm saying to myself, dude, that, that that's part of their problem is that, you know, James Bond films usually go like two hours and something, at least. And that's because you're giving it substance. And... The problem with that particular movie is it's a bad script for one, which is too bad because I like Olga, uh, the female lead in that. But, you know, just when you cut it such so short and you're not giving very much material in there and to, to kind of like flesh it out, that could be a problem. Especially with James Bond films. You just can't shortcut those things. And hopefully with Dune, they don't do that. Like, hopefully it's at least two hours or whatever. Uh... Give it, flesh it out, give it some meat, and make sure that, it, you know, it's it's good and balanced. That's what you want with these type of films. It's, it should be like an epic movie. Uh, when you think of Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit series, they fleshed all that out. People might complain about some of that stuff being too long, like Neko. But that's only because she don't know what good movies are. But, I'm, she's going to hit me for that, but... Uh, yeah, so with Dune, I'm hoping that it's fleshed out and it, it just plays out nicely. You know, you just got to do it right. All right, back to our music. Uh, I believe... I believe somebody sent me this, and I can't remember who it was. Let me check here. Maybe it wasn't nobody in particular. I can't remember, but uh, this band called Valvera. Uh, thrash heavy metal outfit out of Brazil. Got a new record called Cycle of Disaster that's coming out, and uh, I'm going to play the title track from that to kick off our next block, as well as some classic stuff from Mad Ross and Warbringer. Here we go, Valvera, Cycle of Disaster.
right, closing out that block. Warbringer from their new record, Weapons of Tomorrow with Outer Reaches. Before that, uh, Mad Ross from Sand to Dust, and that came from their 2017 release, The Essence of Time Matches No Flesh, and that record is fucking amazing. The band is out of Lake Forest, California, and been around since 2008 as far as demo work, and then 2012 they released uh, their debut. Uh, I have not heard the first two records. Um, I was thinking, you know, when I was putting this playlist together, when I put their song in there, and I said, man, you know, I haven't heard anything from these guys in a while. So I went on uh, Metal Archives, and sure enough, they've got a new record coming out uh, this month, later this month. So it's called Sharring the Rotting Earth, and I'm excited to hear that because uh, the last record was phenomenal. Just awesome. They're really, really good. Um, so into some uh, book news and we're going to talk about my favorite person in the world, Lou Yardley from the United Kingdom a uh, good friend of mine, been knowing her for a while I've uh, never met her in person want to, same with Jasmine and a lot of others I have over there in Europe good friends uh, but she has uh, really become a powerful force in book writing and horror and thrillers and whatnot and you know, we talked about it before, Neko and I, when she did uh, Hellhound. Uh, it's a great book, great take on the werewolf genre. Uh, she has a lot of other stuff that she's done. Um, the Jester, Rise of the Carnivores, The Dealmaker, Dark and Wings Flutter. Uh, none of those I've gotten to yet. Missy, Neko has read all these because she has like the ebooks and whatnot, and she she loves to read. I I'm really terrible at this, and I know Lou, if you're listening, I apologize because I should be much better. Uh, but my only advice is maybe just make all these into movies, because then I'll just sit and watch them all. <laughs> you know, because like the fact is they're actually really good, like in in as far as themes and plots and. But I'm just, I'm not a good reader. I don't like to read. It just takes so long. Uh, but she's got a new book uh, she's working on called Banished. Now, the cool thing about that is she actually took it upon herself to invite her patrons who, you know, support her. And, you know, we, we try to financially help her out with a lot of this book writing stuff to get stuff off the ground. It's kind of like crowdfunding in a way. Uh, but she... Uh, you know, she's able to take some of us and we've made characters. And I don't know exactly where my character is going to end up with her in the book. Uh, but it's kind of cool, man. Like, I'm going to actually have to sit down if I, once I get this book, once it's uh, released. And uh, figure out what the fuck happens to my character. It'd be kind of dumb to have one and not know what the fuck happened to it. Um, but yeah, I have no idea where it's all going, but you know, she's got a pub name, and I, I'm not really sure what it's all about yet. Uh, but the whole concept's cool. She's got like drawings, I think, of like some of the buildings and the maps, and she's really uh, taken upon herself to expand what she's doing with her book writing and whatnot. She's really, really talented. Uh, I'm so fucking proud of her. She's really a cool chick. Uh, big metalhead, nothing can't go wrong there. But that wasn't what I was really all getting to. That's all the obvious. Uh, Red Cape Publishing and Philip Rogers 101 PR are creating a, a charity book for Max the Brave Fund. And um, 
It's called It Came From The Darkness, and it's an anthology collection, and it's got a lot of different stuff going on. Uh, stories from David Owen Hughes, Matthew Brockmeyer, Tim Lebanon, Lou Yardley, we just talked about. Uh, Debbie Roshan, I believe that's the actress I just talked about not too long ago. That's fucking really cool. Uh, some of this, I think, is both poets, artists, filmmakers, so you've got a lot of a collaboration of a lot of different people within the horror-thriller genre uh, collaborating on this. So that's really cool, and uh, I'm not really sure what to expect, but when it gets released, um, definitely going to check it out. Uh, again, it's more reading that I you know, have to force myself to fucking do. God, I hate reading. Just, just make it all in movies. Movies! Movies! I'm simple like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you can find the article on this. I, at first, when she was promoting this on Facebook, I, it was just like a little bit of a, a blurb about it. Uh, but there's a site called blazyminds.co.uk that has a nice little article on this, so you can check it out. Uh, they will go a little bit more detail where you can find them on Twitter, Facebook, uh, the cover artwork, artists, and all etc. etc. Uh, looks like pre-orders are. It'll be released October 30th, so it's right around Halloween, and pre-orders start the 23rd. So that's when about time it's getting released. But it's really cool. It's for charity. Uh, get out there uh, if you love horror and throw stuff, and you know. Check this out. Check out Lou's stuff. She's got a lot of great material. Uh, she's well worth it. She's getting a pretty good name for herself now. And uh, Neko and I are very happy to be friends with her and to promote her stuff. So do it. Do it now. Uh, our next block is going to feature some black metal. Kind of like that. Uh, so... Kicking off the next block, I've got some new stuff from Foscor from Spain. Uh, I've been a big fan of this band for a very long time. They've kind of started out as black metal. They're kind of, kind of progressing into a bit more progressive post-rock stuff, which is still cool as shit. Um, they put out like a couple of singles, and there's like two or three of them. And I just chose The Other's Voice as the one I'm going to use today. Uh, I've got a track from a band called, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Hidden Houghton, Hidden Hada, uh, H-I-I-D-E-N-H-A-U-T-A, I, I forget where they're from, it sounds maybe Swedish, I don't know, Finland, maybe Finland, I don't know, but uh, Inverse Records send that to me, uh, pretty cool stuff there, and then there's, of course, uh, Zero None. I told you about uh, Nuno's work, and uh, he actually just released the third part of the uh, Shamanic Trilogy, and Tran Transcendental is the latest one. And, you know, I, I kind of think about it, and if again, if Nuno's listening to this, uh, you know, this is something, this, like, trilogy he's got going on, this is something to be very cool if it was on cassette, hint, hint. Uh, I know the problems why he doesn't do a lot of that because, just like any artist, it costs money. And if you're not getting enough of that money back, uh, it's very disheartening. And it, it can be, you know, it's you know everyone needs money, and it just sometimes it's very very difficult to make money, especially in the metal genre. It's it's 
if you're playing metal, it, it's almost impossible to make money. You'd be lucky if you break even. And, but this guy is so fucking talented, man. I'm telling you, like from the Southley project to his other stuff, he's doing a lot of different things, and he's just so talented with it. Like the the stuff between the trilogy here is just there's a lot of like unique riff and arrangements and you know how he incorporates some of the more melodic stuff and the horns and just there's so much shit going on and it's very cool uh but you know I, i'm wondering like i said i, I don't know i've never really brought it up to him but i would actually if it didn't cost me an arm leg myself I would actually tell you, Nuno to, like, I'll pay you to have this put on cassette for me. <laughs> I don't know if they can do single things like that. Like, usually I think it's probably, like, you have to do, like, maybe 100 or something or 50 or whatever the cost is. But I, if it wasn't that expensive, I'd actually pay him to put this trilogy on a cassette because I think it would fucking sound fucking amazing. Uh, and it'd be fucking cool collectors. Item. I've got one of his records from Southway on there. I want... I really wanted to put Triumph on there and maybe the other one. But, uh, again, you know, it's all about money. And you got to be able to make money at this, at least in some form. You know, obviously he does. He has a love and passion for it, like most artists do. But uh, at the end of the day, it's like you got to be able to have the funds to do kind of the stuff that. And But, you know, nowadays, it, which is cool about the metal community, is that a lot of bands are starting to put stuff on vinyl, cassette, and whatnot, and people are eating it up because it, it because they are rare. You know, they're they're always limited to editions now. Like it's not just like a CD anymore. Like you you get a, a cassette from a band locally or whatever, it, it's one of maybe like a hundred or twenty five or whatever. There's not very many out there. So again, you know if it's feasible financially let me know if that's something I can do cost-wise to help you get that on cassette because I'd be interested in that Neko might shoot me in the face but I'd be interested in that anyway I've got a track in there from the latest uh, third part of that trilogy in this block we're kicking it off with Foscor this is the other's voice and I'll be back
Alright, DJ Anubis, back with you. Middle Time Radio, Zero Noon, None, Zero None. Sound of Animatter, from the third part of the Shamanic Trilogy. Getting ready to hit our rock block right now, and uh, a couple things sent to me. Uh, one-Eyed Toad Records sent me the opening band Apollo Stands. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Grand Sound sent me some Neon Angel. Pretty cool stuff, so we'll check that out later. And also, uh, Raphael Baricio uh, sent me a couple of tracks from a couple of bands. I'm, I'm going to play one today and then one next week on the next podcast. But uh, all pretty cool stuff. Also got some new stuff from Power Man 5000, Radiant Knife, and Striper. Now the Power Man 5000 track, which I'm going to close out today's rock block with. I've never been a big fan of the band. I mean, there are certain songs throughout their catalog I do like. But it's funny because the track that I selected is more about like soundscapes and sort of like an 80s synth in a way. Uh, I don't know, I'll let you all decide how you feel about it, but it it sort of kind of goes along, like they're definitely getting more industrial, like the new record wasn't all that great to me, but it it could be different for everybody, but they had a lot of uh, music on there that reminded me of like, in a way like In Excess, like the way that the songs were put together and arranged and, and, and wrote out. And even though I like In Excess, when you think of certain bands being a particular sound, when I think of Power Man 5000, I'm always thinking that first record where it's a little more, does have the industrial stuff in it, but it's a little bit more rocky. Uh, The new one seems to be going in more of a a pop influence area, so uh, it can be a little polarizing probably even for Power Man 5000 fans, but... uh, the track that I selected was really kind of cool. I wasn't really initially going to go with that particular track, but there's a certain point in the middle of it that I really dug. Uh, just kind of gave me a Stranger Things vibe, uh, even though it has nothing to do with that, but uh, kind of cool either way. Uh, but we're going to kick it off, though, with Apollo Stands, and uh, the song's called Shitty Zombies, and this is provided by One-Eyed Toad Records. Here we go, and I'll be back in a little while. More suspected cases are popping up, some of them leaving doctors with more questions. We've been asking people to stay at home during this
If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to
in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
dress Turn back the time, feel the beat in my chest Make sure that you never forget Let's rewind like a VHS VHS, VHS Let's rewind like a VHS VHS, VHS Let's rewind like a VHS Let's continue that we long believe That the past was only a dream Just the place that we never could out our rock block new stuff from fireman 5000 from the new record the noble rock and as you can see exactly what i was talking about it's kind of uh still industrial rock but it's really littered with like a lot of pop elements which you kind of give in it but the cool thing about that particular track was the whole synth like the i just i fucking love that just really awesome uh but the record as a whole, like it was more pop than any kind of rock. But you know they are a rock band, uh, just a lot of industrial elements in it. You know what they're known for. Uh, before that, new stuff from Radiant Knife, and I actually like that band a lot. Uh, I've heard now that the song I chose from Dust comes off uh, a record they released in August called The Body. It's not as uh, good to me as, say, 2018 Science Fiction, which I thought was amazing. That was an amazing record. But they also have another record they're releasing this year called uh, The Ghost. It's coming out in October, so we'll see how that goes. They do have it up on Bandcamp. I haven't really sat and listened to it, but uh, they're a very cool band uh, out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, but like I said, when they released uh, Science Fiction a couple of years ago, that one... Really kind of caught me off guard. Really good stuff there. Also had Vampires of Rome in there, as well as new stuff from Striper. They got a new record out. Uh, wasn't sure if I wanted to go with the heavier tune from Striper or that, that ballad that I played, but I thought the ballad was pretty cool, so I went with that instead. So I came across an article on Blabbermouth, and I think when you talk to most metal fans in general, we all kind of agree that Rust in Peace from Megadeth is like their pinnacle, their unicorn, or their best record. Uh, even though I tend to favor So Far, So Good, So What, because of just that was the first record I heard from them, and I really liked the, the grittiness about that particular record. But uh, obviously Rust in Peace, from a technical standpoint, uh, musicianship and all that is like top-notch and really the best that they had to offer in their catalog. But of course, you know, Marty Freeman, Nick Menza uh, kind of left the band. Dave, I think, I think he's always been there, but he might have left for a little bit. I don't remember. But, you know, 
I'm talking about Dave Eccleston the basses, not Mustaine, but uh you know, the thing about Mustaine is he's kinda he's always kind of had that lead singer ego complex, so probably why he's dealt with a lot of um band lineup changes and stuff throughout his career. But the recent article I read uh was actually from Marty Friedman. And at some point in 2014, I think Dave wanted to, because after uh, Chris Broderick left and another guy, you know, Dave wanted to kind of get the the band from the Rust in Peace era of Nick and Marty back in to do, like, a tour for that, I guess, or something like that. Now, Marty had since moved to Japan and was doing his own thing out there, and he had a pretty successful career doing all the stuff out there with his solo work. And whatnot, but he was approached by Mustaine and company to maybe do uh, a reunion for the Rest in Peace album. Uh, now, this is, of course, before Nick eventually passed away a couple of years ago, so obviously, whatever they would do now just probably wouldn't work without Nick because Nick's not there. But at the time, uh, you know, reading this article, like, I, I, you know, my first thought is, well, Mustaine probably did something to fuck this all up and, you know, couldn't take advantage of it when it was there. But as it turns out, the more I read on it, the more that I actually side with Dave on this uh, over Marty. Because while I understand Marty's point of view, like, you know, the whole the whole basis of this was that Dave wanted Marty to come do this and... Marty had certain expectations financially that he was expecting. Now, the problem here is if you're Dave and Megadeth and you're saying to a guy who was performed on a certain record or a certain era of records, and you're saying, okay, we're going to pay you this, just like, you know, we're going to pay Nick and Dave Ethelson and all that. We're going to pay you this to come do this. Now, the problem is, you would say on the surface, okay, well, that makes sense, you know, and then at first, the way the complaints are from Marty is that maybe Dave uh, didn't offer enough, like, uh, you know, offer what he thought was fair, and this is something, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time on Nick's part of it, because there was a story where Nick had issues with contract negotiations with Mustang and Company as well, where he thought that he was being unfair in terms of how much money he was getting, but to this particular story with Marty the issue becomes Marty says he's making really good money in Japan doing what he's doing but he's also and I mean it's a testament to Marty looking out for people who have been there for him his crew his entourage his, his agent so the money that Marty's making he's actually sharing with a lot of these people now my guess is that the people that are involved there are also involved with all his you know, like his agent, they're all involved with his uh, career. So, obviously, there's some good financial sharing there. The problem now is Marty wants to force Mustang to actually kind of pick up the bill there and either pay the same or pay more so that Marty can cover all of his entourage and agent financially. And that's... I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Like, that to me is like trying to like fit for it's not fair to Mustang and Megadeth the rest of the band to have to fit the bill for Marty for the rest of Marty's crew you know it's one thing if you're paying M Marty the money he's he's worth to come do this 
uh, to make sure that he's financially stable while doing this. But Marty has all these expectations, and then there's also talk that Marty, during if he was going to do this tour, wanted to sell his own merch, his own this, that, and this, and that. And you know, you're you're not there to self-promote. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're in a situation where no one really cares if you do that, then great. But obviously, Mustang is there for Megadeth. Not, not anything else. So, I thought it was a bit selfish on Marty's part to come in with all these demands about what he needed to have as far as financial support for the rest of his crew. And then wanted to basically just use Megadeth as a, a platform to sell his own shit. Like, I think that's very fucked up on Marty's part. Uh, you were a part of something that was very special with Rest in Peace. And... You know, take it, take it or leave it in terms of like, you know, it's a he said, he said thing. But Mustang was interviewed by Eddie Trunk on his podcast about some of the stuff that Marty said regarding the Megadeth fan base and how kind of, how they kind of revere Rest in Peace too highly or something. And Dave kind of felt like that was a slap in the face to the fans, which I don't know if Marty said that or not. Um if Marty looks down on Rest in Peace as like a not as a good record or whatever at the time or whatever uh, shame on him because what they did as a collective was amazing on that record and even Countdown Extinction, you know, the stuff that followed was still decent so like I don't understand like why you would badmouth that time I mean I understand there can always be bad blood because like I said Mustang isn't always the easiest guy to get along with, and that's probably why a lot of guys come and go over the years. But here it is, you have an opportunity to basically showcase one of the greatest albums ever, and you kind of get greedy. And, you know, it's one thing if you want to remain financially stable with it. You know, if you're making such and such amount in Japan you want to be able to make sure you're breaking even, at least in terms of how much you're getting paid type doing this tour. But if you're coming in with greater demands and saying, well, I need to be able to cover the cost for all these lazy fucks, I, don't want, I really don't want to say that because it sounds really bad, but I just think it's so unfair to come in and start demand, demanding that Dave cover the cost for the rest of his crew. They're not even going to be there. Um, you know, this is something that really Marty should have taken advantage of just for fans in general like it, sometimes you have to kind of think about what it means to everyone else uh, sure you want to be financially set etc but all the stuff that it seems that Marty was requiring just seems like over the top and ridiculous to me so it's on bladdermouth.com, uh, .net, excuse me, and you, you can find it. Just read a nice little article there. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. I just, it's too bad that it couldn't come to fruition. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't really expect that kind of approach by Marty. So I, I, when I read through that, it was kind of surprising to see that. Alright, we're going to get back to some music. I was approached by a good person, by John Duke, bassist, and, uh, yeah, bassist for the band, uh, Votov. 
from uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Death Metal Outfit. And uh, they have a new record coming out. IXXI. And uh, very cool guy. So we're going to kick off our next block with them. I uh, also got some new stuff from Xenocorp, uh, from Mortuary, and I got some classic Alter Rage uh, in there as well. But this is Votov with Self.
Alright, so... I have another passing to pass along to. Diana Riggs, actress, passed at 82 from cancer. Not sure why my, uh... Mike is fucking up today, but hopefully it's not going to throw it off too bad on the podcast itself. But either way, uh, DailyMail.co.uk has a little article on her. She was in films like A Midsummer's Night Dream, uh, The Avengers series from 1965 to 68. Uh, she's most notable known from her role in uh, Game of Thrones the series. And then uh, she was in... Uh, her Majesty's Secret Service with James Bond. She's the only Bond girl to ever have married James Bond. Now, of course, it doesn't end all that well, but uh, for those that haven't seen it, you'll check it out anyway. I uh, just figured I'd pass that along to you. We are going to keep on rolling with the music. Uh, Grand Sounds passed along a new record from Coors, a black metal band out of the Ukraine. I've actually been into this band since... Uh, their first record, The Flame of Attorney's Decline, in 2005. Uh, they were fucking amazing. And they keep growing and growing and growing. So, they have a new record, Where the Word Acquires Eternity. And I got a track for you here. It's called Up the Ladder to a Lance. And we're kicking off. Here we go. <laughs> Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music.
what up, what up? DJ Nibis. Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Getting ready to close out this motherfucking bitch. Hope you all enjoyed it as usual. That's always the plan. Uh, special thanks to Chris and Kelly Grant, Krypton Scholar from Metal Mania, uh, for their support as well as Sky Nielsen Promotions. Always appreciate the strong support for the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Be sure to check out the show, Metal Mania. We just received some merchandise from them today that we ordered. Uh, very happy about that. Um, I'm going to do something a little different. I've been leaving Neko some, like, voicemails, uh, to say I love you and, you know, of course, keep her spirits up while she's out on the ocean doing her thing. So we're going to kind of do this interestingly. We'll see how this goes. I'm going to do this call here. Hi, DJ Neko. This is DJ Nubis of the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Getting ready to close out this episode of the Hordes of Chaos. Just wanted to say I love you very much. I miss you. Can't wait for you to get back. We're going to close out this show with a band that she very much loves. Vader, Iron Rain, and here we go. (laughs) 